You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! The Daily Music Business Podcast. What's up? Welcome back to the Daily Music Business Podcast. I'm your host for today, Monica Strutt, and today I'm bringing to you the first ever official interview that I've done for the Daily Music Business Podcast. Usually they're just solo episodes with none other than fellow Sound Talent Media podcast hosts, Daniela Clark and Barbara Ann Wild from the Honest AF Podcast. In this episode, we talk about why they started their podcast and what their journey has been like over the past year and any tips for budding podcasters. But as Barbara Ann is one of the co-managers of Zach Wild and also his wife, and Daniela Clark is also married to musician Gilby Clark and has a musician daughter and is also very involved in the entertainment industry as a costume designer. They both share so many pearls of wisdom when it comes to growing your profile as an artist, how to really utilize social media, and they give real world examples of things that you can do to get in front of the right people and to get on bigger shows and tours and that sort of thing, as well as some insight towards the touring industry in general. This is such a great and varied conversation with two powerhouse women. I know you're going to love it. Before we dive in, make sure you're following me on all of my socials. I'm Monica Strutt everywhere, and be sure to tell me that you found me through the Daily Music Business Podcast. I'd love to know how many of you are finding me through this platform. And if you like this podcast and you like this podcast network, you're probably going to like my podcast, which is the Being in a Band podcast. It's another music business, music industry educational style podcast. So check it out on your favorite podcasting app after you listen to this episode. Without further ado, let's dive into the conversation with Daniela Clark and Barbara Ann Wild from the Honest AF podcast. Daniela Clark and Barbara Ann Wild, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having I'm so excited to speak to you both today. Uh, So for those of you listening, Daniela and uh, Barbara Ann run the Honest AF podcast. And let me just say, it is Honest AF. I think when I first... heard of the pod. I, uh, I just clicked on a random episode. I mean, of course I clicked on the one about sex toys. If that gives you any sort of (laughs) indication on, uh, the types of topics, the no holds barred, uh, what made you guys decide to start the honest AF podcast? Um, actually I think it was, um, it was because Barb and I, uh, we became friends quite a few years ago and, we have so many commonalities. You know, we're both um, been married. We figured out this scary total the other day for a total of 70 years together. <laughs> so <laughs> we look really good for our age, we know. But um, <laughs> but um, no, we've both been married for eons, like 30 something years each. 
Um, we're both married to guitar players. We both have kids. We're both business women, and we're both desperately, desperately hanging on to our youth by the by, by our fingernails. So um, we share a lot of like um, beauty products and procedures and all kinds of like advice going back and forth between the two of us and um, in our text messages. And one day I said to Barb, I was like, Barb, do you ever look at our text messages? They're literally all like products and procedures and <laughs> ideas on how to like stay young and, and all kinds of stuff. And um, she was like, oh my God, you're right. And I go, maybe we should do a podcast because maybe there's other women our age that are kind of going through the same things we're going through. And, um, and even men that want to listen in to kind of help their, their women out um, and, or help themselves too. Um, so maybe it could be a good idea for a podcast. And we just really just kind of wanted to have these open, honest conversations with each other and let our listeners just kind of listen in. So, um, and that's kind of how it started. But since that, it's, it seems to have evolved into all other aspects and areas of our life being, you know, marriage, kids, um, everything that we do in between our business and like just really everything. Yeah, absolutely. How do you think podcasting has evolved in 2020? Obviously, a lot of us are spending more time indoors. Um, Barbara Ann, have you noticed that more podcasts have kind of come on the scene? Um, I would love your insight on that. Yeah, you know, it's funny because um, when we first started, the we um, Daniela has a friend who's, you know, familiar and works in radio and does podcasts and uh, Lisa, and she agreed to produce our podcast for us. And we have a sound engineer who's been doing podcasting for over 10 years. And um, they both were saying, oh, you know, there's, it's a new forum, relatively new to most people. We'll, you know, do a couple of, we did a couple of demo test ones and they were like, New Year's Eve, uh, 2019 into 2020, they were like, we'll put it right up and, you know, it'll, it'll go up. And before it was before COVID, right before COVID. And I guess it was just starting to get like, for some reason, everyone and their mother at the end of 2019 decided to do a podcast. So we were in a queue. It went up right away on Spotify, but then it took a while on the other forums and especially um, Apple Podcasts didn't come up for a couple of months. And then very soon after, because we launched New Year's Day, January 2020, um, March, obviously, we all in America went on lockdown. And um, I've noticed that, you know, I mean, I've been listening to loads of podcasts as a um, as a fan and, and out of you know boredom and just you know there's only you know so many Netflix shows you can watch and you yeah. know we're not in our car as much so podcasting I think is easier to access on your computer and on your iPad um, so I do and even Zach um, has been approached to do a podcast which is something that he, I mean he's get, he's guested on them and have done interviews on them but I think because of you know we're all having to shift you know especially in the music industry 
all these guys are used to touring and being out there and, you know, live streams are still really popular and, um, but they were like really huge. And I think a lot of artists now are like, okay, we have to settle in for a while. So let's do podcast. And I really love the idea of yours too, because I'm more on the business side. So, um, it's, uh, I think it's a great thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, how do you, because running it as a team, which I absolutely love, I love any sort of content that's, uh, you know, female driven to like best friends. You can tell that you guys have been friends for a really long time. I really resonate with that sort of content. Um, and it, it you know, I love the dynamic. So how do you plan out, um, what you're going to be speaking about on the pod? Is it sort of just ideas that you have as you click record or do you come at it from a more sort of planned, um, approach? Do you want me to answer that part? Sure. Um, it, it's actually very organic. Um, it's just, Barb and I really wanted it to just be a conversation between friends. And so we don't really discuss what we're going to talk about. We just kind of start talking. <laughs> we just share whatever's going on in our lives, whatever we're thinking about, whatever we've discovered. And we just kind of just go with it. Um, sometimes when we have guests, um, obviously at that point, we kind of discuss wh- what angle we want to go with them. But we really don't plan our podcast that much. It's really more, um, we want it to just be a natural open-ended conversation and um, we kind of try and save it all up. We actually try not to even speak to each other as much <laughs> during the week that we're podcasting because we want to um, save it for the podcast. So I, I love it. I love it. You've had the podcast for around about a year now and you are on the Sound yeah. Talent Media Network as is the Daily Music Business Podcast. What are the advantages of being on a network? And also I'm curious in terms of the monetization aspect, because I think that's um, a question that a lot of budding podcasters would have. Is it something that can be monetized? Should you be looking to get on a network? Um, What is your advice on that? I would say 100%. I mean, we're we're new with Sound Talent Media. Um, We signed with them a couple of months ago when they first started. Um, Tim Bohr, who is, um, I don't know what his role is, but I know he's, you know, that he's the guy for Sound Talent Group. Um, Tim is Zach's agent. And I had called him and said, you know, Danielle and I are doing so much on our own. Daniela brought in a producer. She brought in a sound engineer. We're doing everything ourselves. Um, the guests she has gotten or I've gotten. And um, so when um, I called Tim and I said, hey, Tim, do you know anyone who's like an expert? And I also, you know, um, Blasco, who you and I spoke about for a few minutes ago, he's my partner in managing Zach. I asked everyone I knew, like, how do we move this from just, you know, like a fun little conversation between Daniela and I to something that could actually, you know, I mean, we, it wasn't our intention. We didn't start it to make money. We really just started it to get maybe some free products and uh, some (laughs) free procedures, but, um, but no, really, truly just to give us something to do. And then, um, and then, you know, it, there is a, a cost involved in doing it. And so I had contacted Tim and I said, Hey, Tim, you know, um, I'm trying to pick as many brains as I can because it's trying hard to figure out how you monetize 
um, a podcast because there are costs involved and, you know, um, we do it in Gilby's, uh, Daniela and Gilby's recording studio usually, or out by Daniela's pool or at home on with Zoom. But um, we we were trying to figure out a way to like, you know, we're, we're paying a sound engineer. Um, you know, we when we have guests, we try and accommodate them in whatever way we can. And so, um, we had, you know, a certain amount of downloads and Tim said to me, you know, because as an agent, he's got even less work than, you know, our musicians do. And, uh, he said, you know, we're going to start to, ironically, we're going to jump into that forum and we would love to have a conversation with you about having Honest AF on board because, um, Tim's wife is a big fan of ours and we, I, I adore her, but, um, and Andrea was saying, you know, you guys should check out Honest AF show, even though it, Danielle and I aren't musicians, we're, you know, one step away from musician, you know, six degrees <laughs> of separation or what have you. And Daniela's daughter's a musician, obviously Gilby, Zach, and, you know, we're just surrounded. And, and I've always worked on business and in music since, uh, 90, since 1990, actually. Um, and so, um, Tim, we had a meeting with Tim and some of the guys over there, Matt and Beth and, um, Dave Shapiro, and they said they thought it would be a good fit. And, you know, we're, we're new to it with them, but we obviously have, um, advertising now and with pooling our numbers with their other podcasts, then we were able to get on megaphone, which is a larger forum, um, you know, to put us out there. So, you know, we're, we're, it's not like either of us can, uh, retire from our day jobs, but, um, you know, it's starting to move and we're starting to, you know, it's really exciting. That's amazing. How do you communicate with your fans? Is it mostly through Instagram that you found your podcast fans are communicating with you? Yeah. What do you, would you, you would say, yeah, right, Daniela? Like, yeah. Yeah. It's mainly through Instagram, a little bit on Facebook, but it's mainly through Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was important just to bring up because, um, for those, anyone thinking about starting a podcast, um, it's really cool to obviously put the content out there, but, um, it's really fun when you can actually have people talking back to you and have like a platform that's more of a community. And I know I I've heard through listening to your pod that, um, yeah, Instagram seems to be the main platform for you. So speaking yeah. of, uh, you know, being that six degrees of separation, between musicians and working in the industry, entertainment industry, both of you yourself, Daniela in particular, I mean, your daughter Frankie has decided to pursue a musical path of her own. And I'm curious, uh, you know, as watching Frankie um, on, on this journey, you know, in, you know, 2021 and beyond, uh, what mm-hmm. are the main differences between, I guess, watching Gilby in his early stages and, and Frankie, how has the industry changed? Oh my gosh. I think it's changed so much in terms of, um, you know, social media, which they, you know, they never had back in the day, like in the, in the early nineties when Gilby was in GNR, there was really wasn't much of social media. Um, and now you really get the opportunity to engage your fans, um, and, uh, and, and really build on that and really show them who you are as a person, you know, just a more personable relationship. I think, Mm. um, you know, she can, you know, she posts all kinds of stuff, like she's got other interests and she gets to kind of explore all that and, um, explore it in front of her, her fan base and, um, and really build off of it. So it kind of, it, 
I feel like it's so much easier to be more diversified now than, than it was back then. Um, you know, now it's like, you can do all these things like with TikTok and, and YouTube. And there's just so much that, that, and it's so much, so many ways that you can kind of grow your audience too. And it's incredible. Totally different. She's global. You know, her label is Australia. That's where you are. Yeah, that's right. She's signed to an Australian label. Oh, I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I feel like, I mean, while social media is such a amazing, amazing tool to get out there, um, do you both, you know, obviously you guys are very active on socials as well. Do you feel like there's more pressure in terms of being online all the time and uh, being sort of more of an entrepreneur? I mean, musicians have always been entrepreneurs, of course, but nowadays um, I feel like we have to have our hands in so many different pies. You have to be, you know, really good at marketing, social media marketing to even get your yeah. feet off the ground. Uh, does does that come with a degree of like pressure or how, how do you interpret that? For I me, it's mainly like time consuming, I think. Yeah, I think it's a double-edged sword, you know, because you, you want to, you used to have more privacy, that's for sure. And I think mm-hmm. that um, you there is a little part of us as human beings that if we're not everywhere, we feel like we're missing out on something. And then if you feel like you're too quiet, then someone else is jumping into, you you know, your little niche or your little arena. But by the same token, you know, like for every great thing about it, we could probably come up with half a dozen bad things or the same, you know, it's just, you know, there, there are a lot of amazing things about it. Zach in particular, you know, his age group and he's been, I mean, he's been in the music industry since uh, 1987 when he got the gig with Ozzy and he, he's embraced social media. I mean, he loves it. He lives for his posts. I mean, he's more into that right now than playing the guitar. But um, I think that, you know, I feel like he got in before the door slammed him on the ass. You know, I think he's one of the last artists of, our generation who kind of embraced it because a lot of his peers are just now trying to get their feet wet into the forum. And I'm not so sure that the door is that open to them Um, because I think there was a moment where you had to kind of jump in and now it's like a lot of Johnny come lately's. So, um, Mm. but I do, I do feel that you, you have to, you have to keep the, you know, like Daniela said, it's a lot more work but you have a global reach. So it's like, you know, six, one, half dozen of the other. It's, you know. Right. But also I think, I think the cool thing with, with us, with Honest AF, with social media is we've kind of tied it into the show. Like we have a couple segments that are really good for us to engage with our listeners. Um, One of them being Dear Daniela, where we give advice. So we always ask questions and then people can ask questions on through social media, which gives us the opportunity to really engage them. And then, um, and and hear, you know, what they want to hear about, what they want us to talk about, what they want us to review. It kind of opens that up. And then also with Barb, where Barb has uh, Barb's Bag of Tricks, we get to share some of the products with our listeners that we talk about on the podcast. So I think that it's a good way to kind of keep our listeners engaged with us and for us to um, also, you know, kind of stay on top of what it is that they're looking for from us. So it works in that way too. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So how, um, 
Barbara Ann, how has your day-to-day management changed through the pandemic? Yeah, I mean, obviously we're not touring, right? So um, we're all home. Um, Zach doesn't want to, (laughs) it's a running joke now, but Zach doesn't want to work. He's embracing this pandemic like it's the greatest thing that ever happened to him. Um, not that he wants anyone to be sick or, you know, you know, trying to be sensitive. It's not he's not happy that this has happened. But now that he's found himself in this situation, he's kind of enjoying the downtime because he's been hitting it hard for the last, you know, God only knows, 10, 12 years um, nonstop. And he's doing several different bands. So as far as my role, you know, I'm not booking tours. I'm not, um, traveling. I'm, you know, all those things have kind of quieted down. And so it's more about creating work these days, domestic work. There's more than ever, like, you know, being a mom and a, you know, a wife and, and the house and all of that. And then, you know, the, fortunately the, the podcast with Daniela has been like a total joy for me. Um, but as far as management goes, Um, You know, it's more about trying to keep Zach out there and the band out there and to try and create um, work. You know, um, Zach really doesn't want to do live streams. um, So it's been more about, you know, we're going to start a podcast with Zach, you know, Mm. for Zach. Um, we're going to um, shoot some commercials. We put a box set together. So my focus this last year has been, you know, it's, 20 years of Black Label Society. So it's been a lot of like going in, going through old photos and old footage and all of that stuff. So it's changed. It's not as much, um, we've had to be a little bit more creative and um, I I have to like find projects and, and then, you know, hope that someone is receptive on the other end and make it happen. And, um, but, but it's, it's, you know, it's just, a, it, almost feels like when it's a writing and recording year and you're home more. So, you know, my role becomes more about the contracts and planning for what's coming in the next six months. How is the live scene uh, in the US or in California at the moment? When do you foresee live music returning or is it starting to sort of creep back in now? In LA, not at all. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we have, you know, we, we had, we were the epicenter, um, not that long ago. Um, you know, New York was hit really hard early on and then LA got hit really, you know, horribly. And then we went on a second lockdown and we were in, you know, it was, it was dire straits. And as far as touring goes, you know, everyone is just like, uh, you know, that's not happening, but I am hopeful that with vaccine, you know, most people being vaccinated by the summer, um, they're saying that in the U.S. we should have the majority of our population who want to be vaccinated, vaccinated. I do believe that tours in the U.S. are going to start up pretty strong in the, in the fall. Um, L.A. in particular, I'm not so sure. Um, Tim and I just, we booked, uh, and, and Blasco, we booked Black Label Society, but we went outside of L.A. Um, to the suburbs because, um, there were no avails, which might be a good thing for other artists, but we got pushed. So we're going to be in the outskirts and then come back and do LA for Christmas and New Year's. 
um, that the West Coast. So, um, but I think the U.S. we will start touring again. I saw that Danny Wimmer has got a, a Florida festival that's definitely going to go down in the fall, early fall, like Labor Day ish. Um, so, you know, it, it's coming back slowly, but but LA, I think, is going to be at the end of it. Yeah, absolutely. That makes total sense. Um, and how about you, uh, Daniela? Has Gilby embraced live streaming at all? Um, how have you seen, you know, watching, um, and for Frankie as well, like, how have you seen them pivot during this time? Yeah, they're both actually doing a lot of live streams. Um, Gilby's been doing a lot. He's been doing a lot for um, a lot of fundraiser live streams for different um different fundraisers. Um, they did actually, he just did one that was really fun. It was actually a really cool thing. Um, it was at uh, Dodger stadium, which is our big baseball team here in Los Angeles. And, um, it, it, I've never been to the stadium before. There's absolutely nobody there. Um, so it was like, it was really cool to kind of walk into an empty stadium, um, and have the bands play. And it was like, um, Gilby played and, um, Adam Levine played and, um, uh, Robin Thicke and there were a lot of different artists that played and then they ended up raising like 3.3 million meals for our Los Angeles food banks. So it was really cool to see that happen. So they've been doing a lot of those kind of things. And obviously right before we all walked in, we all had to go get tested. It's, it's kind of, it's kind of a wild thing, but, um, but there are, um, there are ways to still for artists to still get out there a little bit and, um, um, so there's been a lot of live streams with Gilby's been doing a lot. Frankie's been doing quite a bit of, um, I mean, our house, like everybody calls our house, the clown house, the Clark clown house, because there's always something going on. Like right now there's, there's cameras in our garage with Gilby and he's filming something. I don't even know what's going on up there right now, but, um, <laughs> there's always something going on. Gilby's been, he's been really good about keeping himself still really busy and using the time also to um, record, write. Um, Frankie's been um, writing a bunch of new songs. And with her um, label being in Australia, she was actually scheduled to, to fly out to Australia and work there, but obviously can't right now. So um, she's been home recording. She's got a photo shoot on um, Tuesday, which I'm helping her with. And it's interesting actually even doing the photo shoots and the video shoots because it's such a closed set. Everyone has to get tested. Nobody um, can really see anybody or go or, or do much. We're all in masks and shields and the whole thing. Um, so, but it's interesting because it can still get done. Um, mm. You can still do it and you can still do it in a, in a creative way. So and I help her a lot with her clothing and um, wardrobe and stuff for when she does her shoots and so I'm looking forward to that. And that's, it's actually been like a godsend that her and Gilby are busy because it keeps me busy too. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I mean, what a privilege to have like a recording studio in your house and a totally. mom who's like a costume designer. I mean, I would have killed for that. So that's amazing. <laughs> and yeah, it's, yeah. It's fun. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, yeah, no, that was really interesting hearing about, um, I guess still being able to proceed with things like photo shoots and, and video shoots, mm -hmm. but of course with the masks and everything and, and those sorts of logistics, because um, in Australia, they've just taken this kind of blanket ban of like none of that, like even for a while we couldn't exercise. We had to wear masks exercising outside. Um, mm -hmm. So it's um, yeah, like fantastic to hear that it, 
you guys are still able to at least do those things which move the career forward, but of course, safely and, and just modify certain elements. Yeah. And I get we're, we're, we're really lucky because we do have a studio in our house and, you know, we're kind of like all encompassing, <laughs> you know, we can, we, Frank, Gilby can record, help Frankie record. I can help dress, <laughs> you know, there's, there's a lot of that going on. So, but it works and it, it's, it keeps us all entertained too. That's for sure. I, I will say the one thing um, though, about, about being home and doing things like if you do do live streams, it's so expensive to tour. And I don't think a lot of people know that. I mean, a lot of baby bands don't even, they're just like, oh, well, we're going to go out on the road. It's like, yeah. And who's, who's paying for that? It's super expensive. So the one cool thing about, you know, these live streams or doing these shows, like in a contained, like a soundstage or something, or in a studio, if you have a studio or whatever, is that you can basically tour without the cost you know, um, and we haven't been to Australia with Black Label Society in several years because it's so expensive for us to get down there with the, you know, just the flights alone are outrageous. And so, you know, if Zach were to do a show, he'd be able to play to the world and there's really no cost involved except for to get the musicians all in the same place. Um, so it's, you know, I think if people look at it in terms of a different, in a different way, um, it's, it, there are great things about being forced to be in one place. And if you get creative, you know, you could utilize it to your advantage. And I do think it's going to change the way a lot of things are done because, you know, if, if an artist realizes that, you know, they've got to pay several thousand dollars to, you know, take a flight to somewhere to do a, you know, a video or a show and, or they can do it from their home and it could be just as rad and they could reach, you know, the world, you know, maybe, you know, that that's a whole different thing. And then you got to add in, you know, a lot of bands were have to do meet and greets to supplement the cost of touring. And you can't possibly do meet and greets for a while at least. You know, I mean, what are you going to ask, you know, all the fans for certificates that they've been vaccinated? I mean, how is that going to work? Mm. You know, so. And there's something so intimate about a live stream, even though it is through a screen, but there's something about seeing musicians that you admire in their homes and the little chit chat, I guess, in a more relaxed environment that I think is mm-hmm. quite a unique experience as opposed to seeing them live as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So before we wrap up, I'm curious, I mean, obviously um, you both are on the road a lot and um, being a manager, um, Barbara Ann, I'm curious because there's a lot of um, up and coming musicians uh, that listen to this podcast and I'm sure they'd be dying to know how does one get on a support slot for um, either Gilby's band or um, Zach Wilde or Black Label or anything, um, because I know that in a lot of instances uh, the managers are reviewing um, proposed artists from the promoters and everything. Um, what advice can you give in terms of how to kind of break off that local level and start supporting bigger artists and really, um, I guess, get to that next tier? Well, it's really expensive, right? So. Um, you know, we had at one point a baby band that asked for a slot on Black Label Tour and the parents 
got a second mortgage to pay for their kids to come on the road with Zach. And when the father told me that, I near had a heart attack. And I said, we will not take your money. And the agents and the man, the other, my other partner. And so they were like, are you kidding? We need the money. And I'm like, no, I can't do that to people. It's really super expensive. But I think that what, what, it, what happens is it becomes organic. You know, um, either you know somebody or you have to, you know, an agent has a roster and I'll say, hey, I just signed this new band. Would you consider them? But most of the time, and especially with social media these days, I think if younger new artists really get their social media presence out there and they they get in front of the right people, I mean, most bands and I don't know Daniela could speak for Gilby um but even like with Frankie it's more about somebody saw her you know um on another artist saw her on social media and thought wow she's totally you know Frankie in particular she's totally rad up and coming she's my I'm one I'm going to reach out and DM them I mean uh, it, it happens in all sort of ways um, but I would say if, if, if I was working with a new band, I would tell them that, especially right now when all eyes are on social media and ears, make some cool videos, create some excellent content, slip into those DMs if you can, and get right to the artist because your reach right now is stronger and easier than it's ever been. I mean, usually it was very formal and it's like your manager contacted management or a lawyer or an agent, or you were on the roster of, with an agent who had all these big bands and you were the baby band and, you know, your agent said, Hey, would you give, you know, take a chance on this band? But right now I would just tell young bands, like just really create some cool content, follow the artists that you really you know, you would, your dream list, make a dream list of who you'd like to go out with and, um, you know, get in front of them, you know, and um, I mean, Blasco in particular has a band Black Veil Brides. Their entire beginning was through social media. You know, they were one of the first bands that their following was massive before they ever made a record. You know, they just, they, they got themselves out there and in front of the right eyes. And I think if you approach it that way, where they're like in control of their own destiny, then I, I, I think it could happen that way for it. I, I would, that would be my number one recommendation. It doesn't cost you anything. And what do you have to lose? Mm, yeah, Barb, I think you're, you're so right about that because that with, with Frankie's band, she, um, Frankie's band, Frankie and the Studs, they just, um, she was just posting on Instagram and um, she posted, um, she posted a bunch of stuff and she's been posting all her like videos and her playing live and all kinds of things. And the next thing you know, she got a call from uh, Billy Joe Armstrong from Green Day. And he was like, hey, uh, I saw you on Instagram. I think your band's really cool. Do you guys want to come out on the road with us? And he didn't, you know, he didn't know who, you know, her father, that her father's Gilby. He didn't know anything about her other than he just saw her, um, her band on Instagram. So I think it can be a really, really powerful tool. And Barb's completely right. As long as you're being creative and being authentic and having a voice, um, I think that you're going to stand out in the crowd. 
I love that because as an emerging artist, sometimes you do feel like you're putting out music into the ether and you don't necessarily see that fan base straight away. And, you know, you're trying to grow your socials and everything, but it's so beautiful to know that at any moment, you never know who's watching. You never know who's just don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's one of the most magical things about the industry, especially the heavy side of the music industry, because everyone is so connected, even globally. It's, it blows my mind sometimes. So yeah, it's really wild. You know, it's funny actually about the Frankie story that I found out was just, so, it was just such a crazy little tidbit to it is she posted a picture. Uh, this is how Billy actually made it to her Instagram. She posted a picture of Billy and Joan Jett together. And she said, mom and dad, that's how she captioned it on her story. And, and, and she tagged them and that's how he saw it. And um, the next thing you know, he started following her and looking at her band. And the next thing you know, she's on the road with him. And the same kind of story happened for one of her girlfriends who um, um, did like a cover of um, a Paramore um, album and tagged Paramore. And the next thing you know, Haley Williams is following her and messaging her. So wow. you just, you know, it's, it, it is a pretty powerful tool out there. Yeah. And that's the same way that Blasco came on my podcast. He literally just DM'd me one day and was like, Hey, do you need a guest for your podcast? And I was like, um, of course. (laughs) Are you serious? So it does, it does happen. You just got to keep putting yourself out there. So Barbara Ann and Daniela, thank you so much for chatting with me today. Where can everyone find the Honest AF podcast and follow you on socials? Our socials are Honest AF show on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and then our um, website is honestafshow.com. Perfect. Thank you so much. And uh, good luck to your band too. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Yeah. Thanks for having us. It was fun. Hopefully we'll get to meet you in person in, in Australia soon enough. Subscribe today to the Daily Music Business Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Bowie, Dylan, Marley, you've heard the names and maybe you've heard their songs, but what about the stories behind the records that make titans of music like these so universally loved and important? Join me, Josh Adam Myers, host of The 500, as each week I go through a different album from Rolling Stone Magazine's 500 Greatest Albums list from 2012 with an incredible lineup of comedians, actors, and musicians talking about how the music has impacted their lives. New episodes of The 500 come out every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts.